0: Previously on adequately advanced magic.
1: Kia, you thumb through Nova's little booklet and you realize that Nova has been doing tarot card readings of the various denizens of the neighborhood. Professor O'Malley, he had the devil card, which represents temptation, addiction, and materialism.
2: Officer, no! Someone screaming help from inside that house!
1: This photo is a lot more worn and older than the others. And in it, you see a very fat and ugly gnome with nerd glasses.
2: I want to uh, I want to examine the books on the bookshelf.
1: As you pull out the photo album, the bookshelf slides open. You suddenly feel like there's a pair of eyes looking at you.
2: Is it coming from the statue?
1: <laughs> you look back at the statue and its head is turned towards you.
0: Are you both seeing this or am I hallucinating?
2: Uh, I'm seeing it. <laughs>
1: and we're going to go ahead and roll for
2: initiative. Welcome to Falcon's Reach, a city in which magic is technology. You're listening to Adequately Advanced Magic.
0: God! Alright. That was like 19.
2: I also got a 19.
0: Nice. Uh,
2: 7.
3: It's penance for all those good (laughs) rolls.
1: The clay statue of Professor Omega lurches towards the three of you. And we're gonna start with Deb. (laughs) I like to imagine that throughout the, uh, like in in the live action slash animated version of this, there's no indication that the three of you guys know how to fight. <laughs> <laughs> We're
3: just, just like fumbling around, like yeah, yeah, and, hey. and
1: and then this scene starts, and then like, <laughs> just Deb start- just pulls out like knives and. Then, <laughs> 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 All right,
0: like girls, a- unleash hell! <laughs> like a- I always knew it would come to this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Man, I feel like a woman is playing.
1: Playing like a Kia and Deborah, the two of you have just emerged from the secret door and are about 10 feet away from the clay statue. Vivian, you were investigating one of the bookcases, uh, storage shelves, over to the right of the golem and you're about 15 feet away. Keep in mind there are magical items on the shelves.
0: So Deborah, with a in a manner that is perhaps more practiced than you would think, runs up, and as she runs up, she pulls out two weapons and kind of does like a ninja, like a Naruto run <laughs> towards <laughs> the clay statue. And because she is a dual wielder, one is a rapier, one is a short sword, and she's gonna do a double attack. And she jumps in midair and is like, yeah! <laughs> Alright, that is... F- Does a 14 hit, Joey?
1: A 14 hits.
0: Oh, nice. So that is a 7 damage of the piercing type, I believe. And then with the short sword, so that's a nat 20. It would be way better if it was a sneak attack, but we'll have to make <laughs> do with... Uh, so this will be two d six. Eh, pull out the dice. Oh my god! So that'll be five damage. You stab
1: the clave statue, and it harmlessly bounces off its hard exterior. It just oh bounces off one of the one of, one of the ten ten packs.
0: It really, it really <laughs> is hard.
2: <laughs>
0: so I also have the mobile tr- uh, feet. Which means if I make an attack, I won't provoke opportunity attacks if I from a creature that I make an attack against. So mm-hmm. I move so I move back next to Kia.
1: Yep. Your non magical weapon appears to do nothing to the clay statue.
0: Uh, ladies, I this thing seems a bit hardier than you'd expect for something made out of clay, which
2: <laughs>
0: sounds pretty hardy to begin with.
1: <laughs> Alright. And it's Vivian's turn.
2: Let's let's try using our words. So I rub on my pearls, releasing a bit of dust. And I say in a commanding voice to the golem, leave. Uh,
1: this is command.
2: Command, yeah. We save against 15.
1: The clay statue actually has advantage. Mm. <laughs> oh, no. So on its first roll, it rolls a six. On its second roll, it rolls a 14.
2: Yes! <laughs>
1: okay, do you do anything else on your turn?
2: Uh. I well, I, yeah, I would also like to uh, look through the shelves.
1: Okay. You rummage through. Go ahead and do a another investigate check.
2: Ugh oh, I got a three.
1: You find just a bunch of junk, really. There's some old mugs.
2: What's on the mugs? Is there any characters on them?
1: Yeah, it's a very cute cat
2: nice meow.
1: <laughs> the, it's the clay statue's turn and the clay statue of Professor O'Malley is going to move 40 feet away and he moves over to the back wall of the room
2: Oh, he's not just gonna leave that sucks
1: nope. Kia it's your turn
3: well now the golem is very far away um.
2: sorry <laughs> I thought he would just leave this place
3: I will, uh, I'll I'll go post up down by the middle right bookshelf and also rummage that one a bit.
1: All right. You head over to a different bookshelf and you begin rummaging. Go ahead and do investigate check. 16. You rummage through the storage shelf and you find a magical weed whacker. But for our purposes, it is a plus one magic short sword.
3: Hmm.
1: Do you do anything else?
3: Um... I think that's my max. No, I guess I could move more, but I'll, I'll hang out there. Just sort of wait for this guy to get unscared and walk
0: back around.
1: Mm-hmm. Deborah, it's back to you.
0: Yeah. Well, I also want to want a, a treat, so I'm going to go uh, to one of the other bookshelves that the other two haven't gone to and rummage around in that.
1: All right, which, which one, though?
0: Yeah, well, I was trying to figure out how to describe it for audio. Um, There's one to my left, right? So I'll check that one.
1: You head over to the bookshelf on your left and go ahead and do the investigate check.
0: All right, it's a twelve. Do 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 do.
1: You find a very mysterious magical bag.
0: Ooh, I really hope it's not filled with bees. Am I able to to open it on my turn, or would that be another turn?
1: Uh, yeah, we can say you peek inside. Uh, you peek inside and you see that it's a bunch of manure. Ugh.
0: Well, is it magical manure?
1: You like dump some out and it, it appears to be, it's just like, there's more.
0: <laughs> so it's like endless manure. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, I feel satisfied with what I've found. What about you two?
2: <laughs> uh, I found a cup. <laughs> there's a cat on it.
3: I just playfully swing around this magical sword. <laughs> the
2: smile on my face it, it's,
1: it's
3: a weed whacker <laughs> yeah. Sorry, a weed whacker
2: <laughs> Wait, is this basically like his garage? Is this like just full of all of his yard work equipment? Are we going to find so. a magical bag of mulch soon next? <laughs>
1: Possibly Spoilers
0: mm, Is that what I found basically? Or?
2: Well, manure is different than mulch
0: We're close though. Vivian, it's your turn.
2: Okay, first I'm going to go down to the shelf below me and rummage through that. Just go and go and do
1: your investigate check.
2: Investigation Nine. Alright, I'm not investigating any of this shit anymore.
0: (laughs) You're an investigator.
1: Uh, that was your free action, you still have your normal action.
2: Okay, uh, so for my, for my normal, my, my regular action, uh, I use my action to look through the shelf.
1: Okay, uh, go ahead and do another investigate check.
2: Uh, I got a 19.
1: You rummage through the shelf and you find a little r- jewelry box, and inside you see that there's three ring of similar make, but it does not appear to be particularly useful right now.
2: Cool. Can I put on a ring? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can, just you can, to feel you can start good about myself.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, I put a ring on my pinky finger.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's a period of attunement. So.
2: Oh, I thought they were just like I thought you said they weren't useful because they like had nothing in them. I, I get that you have the, I get the up to attune. Okay, useful now, right now. Okay. Well, I put on the rings just to feel pretty.
1: <laughs> you feel great. It's Clay Bros' turn, and he's gonna move up 40 feet back into the middle.
0: All ten abs are coming towards us.
1: Oh, he can actually... Just kidding. Uh, He's going to dash towards Kia. Oh, no. And that's it for him because his speed is 20 feet. All right, it's Kia's turn.
3: Kia dashes into battle. Not actually dashes. She just moves normally to the golem. And attacks it. Not with the weed whacker that she's probably not attuned to, but with her fists.
0: I think you could probably use the weed whacker.
3: Is it count as a, a... Full sword or a short sword?
0: A uh, short sword is
1: what I think I said. Okay,
3: then I can use it. Sure, I take the weed whacker to the golem. <laughs> but
0: if you want to use your fist I don't want to. I don't know do what you are doing. <laughs> uh,
1: you rev up the weed whacker and go ahead and do your tackle.
3: Plus one it's to so attack, or plus one damage.
1: The plus one means plus one to hit and plus one to damage.
3: And damage. Okay, nice. All right, I buy weed whack away at the golem. <laughs> That is. Why am I sitting in the dark? Uh, That is a 22 A 22 hits Alright And that is gonna be Nine, I guess Magical slashing Or piercing damage Uh, Yeah, you chop off some of the clay It flies off Kia laughs maniacally As clay splashes up into (laughs) her face (laughs) (laughs) She plans To bathe in it later (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what <laughs> <Why? laughs> it's clay, it's, oh, yeah. it's it's part of a self-care routine. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. She slashes again. Ooh. Oh sorry, this is a it's not a it's an unarmed action, unarmed attack after the slash. She punches. That is a sixteen. The sixteen hits. That will be seven. Magical bludgeoning damage, because my key and powdered strikes are magical.
1: There's some sort of Magitech system here, but I'm too late <laughs> to explain
3: the existence. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, what would you say for that? The, through many, many years of a very rigorous self-care routine as part of her yoga and immersing her hands in a Magitech spa substance, <clears throat> Kia's hands have taken on a certain... They've just become infused with Magitech so that naturally the strikes themselves have a, a certain extra character to them.
1: Nice. So one voiced. of the ten abs flies off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, we're making we're making some progress. We gotta get more of those abs.
2: <laughs> one down, nine to go. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I will I will look deep into my uh, not key, but uh, we'll say magitek. What's equivalent like a Magitech battery, and can a person have one in a way that makes sense?
1: Uh, yeah, there is like Magitite canisters. Which is a whole different system that we mostly ignore
3: now. <laughs> the tiny Magitite canisters that are woven into my clothing, of which I have 10, they're definitely not key points. Uh, I expend <laughs> one of them and activate just a flurry of blows. It, it just it, it pumps the, the Magitite directly into my bloodstream, and I just start going oh, into this thing.
0: <laughs> we did it. We explained it. <laughs> I take uh,
3: two more strikes. Two more arm strikes. Well, wow. hit one is a twelve.
1: A twelve does not hit.
3: Sad. The flurry of blows continues. Second one is a fourteen. A fourteen does hit. All right, smashing into the clay, he lets loose a lifetime of rage and does <laughs> only five. Of rage. <laughs> <laughs> Guess you weren't you're not that angry. <laughs> only five additional damage.
0: The clay is so relaxing. It's. Helping to mitigate some of the anger. Right? It's it's, it's, a,
3: it's, a, it's a difficult push and pull situation here.
0: Mm. Uh,
3: however, upon hitting with one of my flurry of blows, I force the statue to... Uh, we're going to say... I make it so it can't take reactions until the end of my next turn. Okay. And this isn't even a roll. So I impose that condition on it, and then I skirt away. Back towards, uh, back towards Deb. Uh, you tumble roll 15
1: feet away. Deb, it's your turn.
0: All right. Deb's like, I think I know what to do, and she throws the bag of manure at it. The magical bag of manure. <laughs> what, what now? I said, <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Deb throws the magical bag of manure at the clay man. Yeah, you throw poop onto it. Ha ha.
1: well i guess i guess you should do like a dexterity attack
2: nothing magical happens
0: (laughs) i don't know i thought i might poison it or something with the magical poop let's see a magic i feel like i'm probably not proficient with bags of manure
1: for throwing poop I... (laughs) Uh, i do it all the time i would say it's just like a dexterity ranged attack yeah but improvised I don't dexterity ranged attack.
0: Yeah, I don't think I have proficiency in improvised stuff, though, so it'll just be what it is, you know? It'll be an eight.
1: <laughs> the poop slides harmlessly <laughs> in front of the clay statue.
0: I feel like that that was my action, right? <laughs> hmm. Deb is going to hide now behind one of the shelves. It's a bonus action.
1: Uh, go ahead and roll your high check.
0: All right. That is a 23.
1: Yep. And it's Vivian's turn now.
2: I am going to run over to my friends, and I am going to grab their hands and kind of, before I do that, rub on my pearls and say, just remember the power of our friendship. And I will cast Bless Friendship which is concentration spell so whenever you attack you get to roll a d4 and add the number rolled to the attack while I'm over there I'm also going to ask Kia hey can I have that sword a lot of my attacks require a weapon and I left mine at home (laughs) slash (laughs) don't have one for this character somehow I only have (laughs) armor
3: (laughs) Huh. Kia. What?
2: <laughs> what? Kia. When I built the character, like for it was like items you have. It only like you was like pick weapons or armor. What?
0: That is not what happened when I made mine. But we can we can talk about
2: that later. I think it, it's because I'm a palette so like I come with heavy armor or something.
3: Kia is a little bit hesitant to uh, part with this amazing weed whacker because she really enjoyed just carving through the, the clay of the golem. But she feels very confident about her fists, so she she somewhat begrudgingly hands over the magical weed whacker to Vivian.
2: I'll give it back to you. I get I think I <laughs> built my character wrong. <laughs> nice. I end my turn.
1: Alright. It's the golem's turn and it's going to move up fifteen feet, reaching Kia well, the three of you guys, but Deb is slightly hidden behind the bookshelf. Wait, 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 wait. And it's going to make two slam attacks. It's going to do its first attacks. (laughs) You see the... (laughs) It's on, like, turn, like, four or something. (laughs) The statue of Professor O'Malley rears back and prepares to punch. In its first attack uh, against Kia, it rolls a 23.
3: Oh, no. Uh, That's rough.
1: Dealing, uh, dealing... Oops. Dealing. (laughs) 19 damage. Oh, no. And go ahead and do a constitution saving throw. That is a six. Your hit point maximum is reduced by the amount equal to the damage taken. Oh, no. (laughs) The reduction lasts until removed by the greater restoration spell or other magic. Oh, no. For its second attack, it's going to target... Vivian, and it rolls a nine. <laughs> its clay fist slides off your armored pantsuit. <laughs> and Kia, it's your turn.
3: All right, Kia. Kia took that hit like a champ, but she's feeling a bit rough. So she is going to become even more enraged and run back up to the statue and, and, and really just start wailing on it as helplessly as possible. She takes her first strike. All of her strikes are unarmed now. That is a 22. 22 hits. 7 magic-infused bludgeoning damage. You punch it. She punches again. A natural 20.
0: Nice. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Wow.
3: That will be... 11 magic-infused bludgeoning damage. And then she sp- spins another canister. She keeps punching. <laughs> because that's what Kia does. That is a 22. Years of experience right. against Kai. Exactly. Whoa! What kind of? What's going exactly on at, <laughs> at uh? At your house? Just superimposed Kai's face mentally on the skull on
0: the <laughs> what Kind of domestic violence is going on in uh in your life.
3: <laughs> well, we'll talk about that later. That's right. That's a topic for That's later. Five magic tech infused bludgeoning damage, and then she uses that. To force the statue to make a dexterity saving throw. Ooh. Uh, it
1: rolls a three.
3: It's knock prone, if it can be.
1: It can be knocked prone.
3: Alright, it's on the ground. She punches the thing on the ground with her last fury of blows. It's a twenty four. Nice. Twenty four. I, I guess it, prone is advantage, right? Advantage on melee yeah. attacks. So yeah. I yeah. prefer that twenty, which I did not get, but it's still twenty two. So that's a twenty four. That is seven more. Seven more Magitek infused
0: bludgeoning damage. Wow. Nice. How many abs does he have now, Joey? <laughs>
3: <laughs> About half the abs
1: are knocked <laughs> off.
0: I like this uh, marker of HP. <laughs> the number <laughs> of abs that it has left.
1: Kia, you just wail on the golem and you do a little, like, leg sweep. <laughs> knocking it prone. And it's Depth's turn.
0: So Deb is sort of at a loss for a moment. She's like, "Nothing I'm doing is, nothing I'm doing is really affecting this thing. What can I? Wait, what is this? What about this?" And she almost completely forgot because uh, she's never used it before. But she has this special dagger that mysteriously just showed up one day in the spot where her husband uh, died. Uh, 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 and she takes it out, and it's it looks weird. And she feels like some sort of weird energy emanating from it. But she figures she says she has nothing to lose. And in a scene that's very familiar to her, almost deja vu-like, uh, with this shirtless man laying on the ground, uh, <laughs> she t- jumps up and emerges from her hiding place and tr- and stabs it in the chest with the plus one dagger. And I think I got, like, double advantages in a thing, but, you know, it'd be totally cool if it was. <laughs> it's <technically> an unseen <laughs> Automatic attack. Automatic nat 20.
3: Come on.
0: That is... Okay. That is an 18.
1: An 18 hits.
0: All right. So with the plus one dagger, which I don't know if it's magical, but I'm assuming it is because it's a plus one dagger. Yeah, it's one of my starting items. So it's 1d4. Okay, so one, and then this is a sneak attack. So then I roll, what is it at this level? I think it's an additional 5d6. All right, so initially it takes one damage, then it takes, Let's see, plus, so uh, that'll be t- another 27 damage. Wow. Uh, and I think something bad happens to me when I use it, but, you know, it was worth it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you stab repeatedly the clay statue on the floor with this dagger, and as you do, you hear whispers in your ears. It's the voice of your deceased husband. <laughs>
0: Uh-oh. Uh
1: oh. It says, Dad.
0: What? Dad. Nope. No, shut up, Deborah. Yeah, Deborah like covers her, like closes her eyes and like covers her ears and sort of like spasms a bit.
1: Vivian, it's your turn.
2: So I did just figure out how to add a weapon. Should I give the weed whacker back?
1: <laughs> no, you should use the weed <laughs> she whacker. Definitely
3: use the weed yeah. whacker.
2: Okay, yeah. sorry. <laughs> it, it, when it, I was, it's, told it's been
1: it- implied that it's uh immune to normal attacks.
2: So I am going to attack with a short sword and use Divine Smite. I roll a 16 to hit.
1: A 16 hits.
2: And I get eight damage. In Divine Smite, when I hit with a melee weapon, I get to expand one spell slot to deal two D8 extra radiant damage plus One D8 for each spell level higher than first. So I'm going to cast it at third level. So I get to roll two more D8. Okay, so 30.
1: All right, describe to me the death of this clay statue Mm -hmm. with the weed whacker.
2: Oh. (laughs) With the weed whacker? (laughs) Uh, I kind of rev it up once or twice.
0: And (laughs) I say... "Hmm."
2: Usually I hire someone for this. Uh, and then I kind of <laughs> stride, stride forward, unafraid and unashamed and plunge the spitting razor of death into the creature's abs, making sure to run it back and forth to destroy any remaining muscle tone through the stomach. <laughs> and it pops out the backside, cutting it in half.
1: Yeah, it splits in half and each of the two sides looks sort of like a chubby gnome with acne.
2: Oh that's sad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the clay spreads throughout the floor.
0: Deb is like just kinda still not paying attention. She's just like she's like, I had to do it, I had no choice. <laughs> what what what? Why is clay why is there clay everywhere? Deb. Deb, snap out of it. What?
3: Remember like remember the the lessons we did? You just have to like, breathe and concentrate and really try to find that inner peace.
0: Right, yes. Uh through the hundreds of sessions we did. Hmm. Okay, alright. And Deb uh does some of the deep breathing that she learned with Kia during uh the dark times of her life. Aww. Why she didn't see a therapist, nobody knows, but you know. Yoga was just as good. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, i'm calm i am centered i am repressing i am repressing and it's repressed okay <sighs> well that was interesting
2: <laughs> yeah i'll say
0: that was a uh, some quick thinking with that weed whacker vivian
2: oh i mean it was all kia kia found it
3: yes yes but vivian i knew you would. It, it would find a, a better home in your arms
2: <laughs> thank you <laughs> i'll be i'll be sure to return it later Oh, I wanna give because there's three rings, so I wanna give one ring to each of my two friends. Oh my god. <laughs> it's like Joey maybe playing the
0: we can all be cursed together. John? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. I put on my special my special friendship ring.
3: <laughs> Kia somewhat more hesitantly also places her ring on the
1: <laughs> It takes a little while to attune.
3: In the meantime, let's uh, dig through this mess of clay on the ground.
1: Kia, you rummage through it and you find a key.
0: Ooh! Mm-hmm. Carefully pocket the key.
1: Yeah. As you do, you see that there is a door at the end of the room.
0: Mm. Oh wait, this is important, uh, and it's an important retcon. Uh, Deborah still has the the wooden duck with her.
1: <laughs> I mean, I thought you I thought you always did.
0: Yeah, I, I have to have one always. That was never That was never in question. Right. <laughs> I, just, I just want, you know, the audience needs to know. Well, we've come this far. You know, girls, if you asked me this morning what I would be doing today, you know, this this wasn't really on the top of my, in my top ten, but, you know, I'm glad I'm doing it with the two of you.
2: <laughs> I'm glad I'm here, too. I just wish Charlotte was out here, walking free, destroying shirtless clay men along, alongside us.
0: Well, I mean, you know... I respect you as a friend, Vivian, but I certainly wouldn't want my children involved in anything like this. This is much too dangerous for them. My sweet (laughs) angels. I bet they miss their mom right now.
1: All right. What are you guys doing?
0: Well, we can look through a few more of these drawers or we can go forward. We're back. I guess we could go home. (laughs) Call it a day.
2: (laughs) I mean, we come this far. Home's not really an option. Right.
3: Fair. I mean, like if I recall, there's probably a bunch of police waiting for us outside, so I think forward is, is most likely the best option.
0: Mm. You both make very valid points. Alright. Onward.
2: Well we gotta put the we gotta put the key in the door, right? <laughs> <laughs> we just stand there.
0: <laughs> Alright. Well Kia, <laughs> key. Yeah, okay. Kia has the key. <laughs> yes.
3: We go
1: towards the locked door. The three of you head over to the locked door. Kia, you insert the key into the keyhole, and it slides open, revealing a somewhat confusing scene. All
0: right, confuse me, Daddy.
1: (laughs) In the back part of the room, you see that there is a pedestal, and on top of it sits a very shiny French press. (laughs) Tied up and unconscious on the floor is Celeste, Standing nearby is Professor O'Malley, and as the three of you enter, he has a look of surprise on his face, and then he says, "Oh, hello, ladies. Uh, I can, I can explain everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: not what it looks like."
1: Uh, Celeste and I just, it, uh, we just, we just like to tie each other up. <laughs>
2: Ah, uh, <laughs> it was the consensual BDSM all along. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. Uh, what? Could you leave my house, please,
0: Professor O'Malley? You know the rules of our neighborhood code of conduct and ethics committee. No unauthorized BDSM is allowed in the cul-de-sac. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, you're you're right. I'll I'll send the appropriate paperwork to the committee <laughs> next time. Uh, could you please excuse me this time?
0: I look over at Celeste. Does she look like she's vibing with the situation?
1: She is unconscious.
0: <laughs> um, what, what? Professor, do you have a first name?
1: First name. First, I have to call you <laughs> Professor O'Malley. <laughs> I'll just
0: I'll just call you O'Malley. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Vivian says, so can you explain? I'd, I'd really be thrilled to hear how you would explain all these secret chambers and enchanted statues and magical artifacts. I'd, I'd really love, you can't just claim everything is a BDSM chamber.
1: But yes. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are on my property
2: are we? I mean, it seems like we've gone miles. Technically, I think this belongs to the city. I don't even know where we are anymore.
1: No, this is my house. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think you guys should leave.
3: Oh, Professor, I, I, I suppose we always, uh, could, could simply take our leave, but, you know, what with the secret chambers and the cries for help and the, uh, clay statue monster, we're awful tired. I'm, I'm feeling, uh, Particularly rough myself and maybe just a little bit of a you know, like a quick pick-me-up I think before we leave would be helpful. What do you say girls anybody fancying a cup of coffee
2: as long as Celeste gets to You know wake up and have one with us
3: Of course, of course, but I mean I see there's a fancy French press over there wait Perhaps we can all just make ourselves a cup
2: Uh...
0: Ah. Yeah, maybe a nice coffee and a chat. What do you say O'Malley?
1: Uh, wait, don't don't touch that. I I have no coffee beans. My grinder is broken.
0: Oh, that's weird. I have. S- Wait, I can't just make stuff up. <laughs> 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 I've got beans.
3: I do have some incense from my studio. Maybe not coffee, but at least uh, maybe make a little bit of fragrant tea to calm the nerves after such an exhilarating journey.
0: Actually, I do have some rations in my backpack. I think those have some coffee beans for the road. They're not the best quality, but, you know, I feel like a nice coffee and a sit down chat about whatever is going on over here would really do all of us good, you know, and maybe we won't have to get anybody else involved.
3: I agree, right, Viv? I mean, wouldn't it be a lot easier if we all just sat down and talked about what's going on rather than maybe some sort of uh, some sort of an expose on neighborhood BDSM practices happen to hit the <laughs> airwaves?
2: Oh, uh, uh, yes. Uh, we can save that for, you know, potentially a, a season... Uh, uh, uh. a a season premiere, I'd be happy to have a nice, friendly chat just between the four of us.
1: Professor O'Malley backs towards the French press.
3: Kia advances menacingly towards Professor O'Malley and the French press. I
0: think I do as well.
2: (laughs) Uh, I guess I follow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Professor O'Malley says, uh, don't hurt me. And he hides behind the pedestal.
0: Well, that'll just depend on how you answer some of our questions now, won't it, O'Malley? If I... Since he's hiding behind the pedestal now, I'm gonna try to get closer to Celeste.
1: Yeah, she's been roughed up a little bit, and not in the fun, sexy kind of way.
0: <laughs> this looks anything but consensual. <laughs> oh, mainly this poor girl's hurt and unconscious. No, explain yourself.
1: She she was trying to rob me.
0: <laughs> 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 mm, your story's changing. I mean,
1: <laughs> sexily.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs>
1: You know, we were we were role-playing.
0: And she ended up unconscious. I try to wake her up.
1: She stirs a little bit. Meanwhile, Kia and Vivian, the two of you, are standing in front of the French press.
2: Can I grab the French press?
1: Yeah. You reach your hand out toward the French press. You grab it, and it shudders a little bit. And then an elemental being Whoa. emerges from oh, no. it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> what have you done?
2: does it smell smell
1: fresh it's it smells fresh a ghostly blue smoke emerges from it forming into the shape of a man and the three of you recognize it as a genie he's wearing a corporate suit he has his hands in his pockets and he's just like oh hey so
2: Oh, but he doesn't look like someone we know. He just looks like it's like a recognizable figure of a man. Yeah. Okay.
0: Hail and well met, sir. My name's Deborah. Nice to meet you. Uh, Sam. I try to shake its hand. He, he, he does. He is corporeal. So all right. Yeah. I shake the Ginny's hand.
2: I say, hello, Sam. Vivian Latouche. Care to explain what's going on here? This is quite a situation.
1: Sam turns... the three of you and he says oh yeah so um yeah i could explain some things i think i've been keeping pretty close eye on this neighborhood kia vivian and deborah
0: oh he knows our names (laughs) wait no two of us introduced ourselves
1: (laughs) (laughs) as you know i am a genie
0: yes yes we all know this of course of course
1: well you see i live in this french press don't ask me how i got there it's a long story fair in any case, whoever owns the French press, I would usually help them out with small tasks like making them look beautiful or improving their garden. You know, stuff like that.
0: Of course, of course.
1: My previous owner actually didn't use me at all.
2: And who was your previous owner?
1: Rob, down the street. Oh. You see, one day, Professor O'Malley here went over to Rob's place and, recognizing my French press, you know, it's very shiny, <laughs> borrowed it and then never returned it.
0: Oh, Melee, you know the bylaws of our community forbid stealing at each other's possessions. As I like, sort of hide the wooden duck in my bag. <laughs> it seems
1: Celeste over here heard about this and she wanted to get the French press back for Rock.
0: Well, how kind.
1: She she is a very sweet girl. Pats her on the head.
0: <laughs> there, there.
1: Anyways, what can I do for you, ladies, today?
0: I guess first, can you explain why Celeste here is unconscious? beaten to all a heck and just tied up on the ground
1: Sam sort of crouches down at a cowering Professor O'Malley. and he says well you see Professor O'Malley here wasn't lying per se Celeste did come to rob him even if it was for a good reason I... Professor O'Meally crawls over and is like uh could you just let me keep the French press
2: no, <laughs> we're not done yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's. We'll get to the matter of the French press. I just. I need to know. Okay, this doesn't explain fully. Then the tied up part.
1: Sam sort of stands behind Professor O'Malley and he says, "Well, what you see, Professor O'Malley caught Celeste snooping around, and there was a struggle."
2: Um, it's all starting to make sense now.
0: And what were you going to do to her, O'Malley?
1: Uh, I haven't thought that far
2: could have
0: just reported the robbery to the police, but no, you brought her to your secret weird chamber and tied her up here. That seems a little... No, that seems a lot suspect. Well, no, nobody can know my
1: secret.
2: Which is what? That you're a fat, ugly man masquerading as someone with a 10-pack? We've seen the selfies.
0: We saw all of the selfies.
1: Professor immediately curls up into the fetal position and begins crying.
0: Kia laughs. Kia
3: laughs at him.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Vivian feels pity for him.
0: Deborah feels no pity for this. She says, well, another question I have is you said you've been watching the events going on in the neighborhood, right?
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: We initially didn't really come here in search of what O'Malley was doing to Celeste. We were going to question him, but I think maybe it would be more useful to question you. Vivian's daughter here, Charlotte, is in a spot of trouble uh, for murdering. Murdering. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, A friend of ours, Nova, and...
2: Against her will.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we suspect there is some foul play at foot, and so we're trying to figure out what's going on. Nova may have predicted as much in her tarot cards, and so we've been looking into the different people in the neighborhood. But maybe you have some insight on what's going on.
1: Ah, yes, I, I did see that. So very sorry to hear about Charlotte. Uh, how about this? I'm getting sort of tired of being in this French press. Rob didn't really ask me to do anything, and all I do is make this guy... I just, I just give this guy an A-pack.
0: So you're saying he you had a two-pack before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you destroy the French press, I'll tell you guys anything you want to know. Feel free to discuss amongst yourselves.
2: How do we know if, if he's malicious for all we know he's the one who compelled charlotte to kill nova
0: that's true but i mean that could be the that could be true of anybody or maybe somebody asked him to do it
2: but this person seems to have fairly unlimited power
0: yes but i feel that if he was that powerful he would have maybe freed himself or a while ago and wouldn't have just sat around making this guy giving this guy plastic surgery for the last 10-odd years or so. <laughs>
2: it's true.
0: I mean, like, we could always ask him for a few favors before setting him loose. Mm, that's fair. I have no problem with setting him loose, but, you know, I, I wouldn't mind getting something out of it.
2: I mean, I just want to know what, what happened to our friend and free my daughter, but I also don't want to unleash this vengeful, all-powerful spirit upon the neighborhood.
1: In the background, Sam is just like his hands are just like brah Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> alright I, I kind of whisper let's, let's test his character a bit <laughs> alright I, I turn right to the to Sam I say Sam it's clear that Professor O'Malley here has been violating the, the codes of Amisteria's lane and, and it clearly abused poor Celeste here so is there like I don't know like some sort of uh, other realm of eternal torment that you could send him to? <laughs> unfortunately not in the
1: bylaws. Ah. I'm pretty sure that's actually a new HOA agreement if you were to
0: read it. Yes, well, I have a request, and I think this will really test your character, and I think we'll we'll, pre- we'll feel pretty confident moving forward if you complete this. Yes. Replace every hydrangea in this neighborhood with a chrysanthemum. <laughs> that is my request.
1: All right. He crouches down, puts his hands together, and rubs them. And then he stands back up. And he says, "All right, done."
0: Is there a way you could show me?
1: No, you're gonna have to go outside for that.
0: Mm, that's too much work, and there's police out there. Oh, can you make the police go away? Mm, that I cannot do. I do not
1: control the minds of others.
0: Mm. I don't know. What do you? What? What do the two of you think?
2: Actually, can I cast? A, okay, I want to do a detect good and ev- evil and good, but. I'm assuming that is there, like, a differentiating marker between something that is evil and something that is good?
1: I think so, yes. Okay. So you cast it again?
2: Yeah. I rub all my pearls, and I say, well, just to be sure, and I cast it.
1: You detect that he is an elemental, and that is why he is, like, popping up. Like, he and the French press are popping up. Mm he's definitely not an aberration fae fiend or undead or celestial I guess
2: okay well I mean seems he's not an aberration so I vote to destroy the french press
0: Mm, well Vivian is there any favor you want from him before we do that
2: something we could do to make our predicament go away by our I mean my I mean it it truly was my fault (laughs) um (laughs) what if you say you won't uh, control the minds of others. What about kind of? What about if you were to cast some sort of illusion? Does that also fall under your code of mind control?
1: N- no, illusions are fair game.
2: Hmm. What if you cast an illusion of some sort of third-party perpetrator leaving the house, somewhat obviously, such that the police could see them, and then we could and also kind of gussy up O'Malley, and we could bring them out and act like there was a robber, and we'll all get out free in terms of our reputations.
0: I mean, I was just going to sneak out the back door if it came to it.
2: <laughs> well, he's already seen my face, so... <laughs> Plus, a bit, of, a bit of hero worship might, might yield fruitful in our investigations.
1: What are you asking, like, uh, if he makes an illusion, what is the illusion exactly?
2: I guess a robber, like a stereotypical cartoon robber that goes right in front of the police. (laughs) (laughs) Like black and white Uh, uniform, like mask (laughs) over the (laughs) eyes.
1: He once again crafters down, puts his hands together, rubs them for a little bit, and he stands up and he's like, done.
2: Amazing. Ladies, I think we're free to leave.
1: Suddenly you hear a lot of gunshots outside.
0: (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Yeah, but I feel like we're all good. <laughs> <laughs> Probably nothing went wrong with that. All right. I'm 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 itching to destroy this thing.
2: Uh, O'Malley, I suggest you leave with us as a victim rather than, you know, be considered a potential perpetrator of this assault against our dear friend Celeste.
1: He's still crying on the floor.
0: All right. Well, he's useless, just like an just like every man.
2: I feel sad for him. I don't.
0: Just using magic plastic surgery. If he really wants to look like that, he can go to Kia's gym.
2: But if you're that vain, if you have like hundreds of selfies that you put around your house, it means that you're sad.
0: <laughs> Figuring out how to get at the root of Professor O'Malley's self-image problems could be the next campaign that we do. <laughs> <laughs> <That's true. laughs>
2: I guess.
1: Is is it the whole training arc for the next yeah. three episodes?
0: <laughs> it's gonna be great. All right. all
2: right I just pick him up by the scruff of the neck and drag him with us well, he can be a no. victim I think we need to he destroy just doesn't this need thing. to talk about it <laughs> I thought we were gonna destroy it at our own house
0: oh I was just gonna do it now
2: oh okay rock go ahead then <laughs>
0: all right I do it how do you do it I'm like well I guess here you know uh, is this right and I just like throw it on the ground <laughs>
1: it's made out of metal, it
0: just bounces. Alright, <laughs> I get my hammer out and start uh, wagging I'm it. gonna speed things,
1: yeah. <laughs> speed things up a little All bit. Right. Uh, it does bounce back up again and then it just like explodes. Knew it. Uh, Sam still sticks around and he says, oh, thanks. Anyways, wh-
3: what did you want to know? So like, we were very interested about some recent events here on MSeria lane. You may have been watching a uh, murder which took place a few days back of our friend Nova by what appeared to be Vivian's daughter Charlotte. We're just wondering if there might have been any third parties involved or other external forces that might have compelled her to do such a thing.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Well, just know that if I answer this question, everybody here will be in danger.
2: In danger from who?
0: Well,
1: that's the, that's the question, right? Hmm. Are you okay with that?
2: Well,
0: I feel like maybe we're in danger anyway if there's somebody who's just committing acts of murder in the cul-de-sac. Or in the neighborhood.
2: Agreed. The truth is always a better danger to undertake.
0: Right, but my kids won't be in danger, right? They're not here.
3: I mean, we've already been putting ourselves through a lot, and... I'm just saying uh, we can't be any more danger than my husband's going to be in danger if we don't wrap this up pretty soon. So, <laughs> Wait, what? let's go ahead and get the truth out of this guy. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what?
2: I love how, like, it's like <laughs> Deb was abused <laughs> and then Kia is actually the abuser. <laughs> yeah, there's some things to
0: unpack and we can get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that next time. All right, well, yep, yeah, do it. Lay, lay it on me.
1: All right. Sam stands up and heads over to a nearby window, and he points out.
0: I look I look out.
1: He's pointing at the Rodriguez's house. Ooh. The being in that house is the one responsible for your friend's death.
0: Mm. Our friend Nova? Yes. Okay. <laughs> what? I don't know, what Go, if it was... Give,
3: like... give Deb a little bit of side eye there.
0: Yeah, what what if... other friend died? I don't know, I wanted to... What if it was like some sort of clever... What if we had some other friend that... I don't know.
1: Well... Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you guys take care. I'll I'll check you guys. How's the uh, real estate on the street, actually?
0: Well, there's a house available now.
2: Property value is uh, at sky high. Oh, So can we count on you as an ally in our... Investigation against the Rodriguez household.
1: You see Sam shudder a little bit.
2: What are you so afraid of?
1: Uh, he grimaces. He pulls out a little notepad and writes down something. And then he hands it to you.
2: Uh, I read it?
1: <laughs> it looks like a bunch of gibberish. Sam just says, if you need me, call me. And then he disappears.
0: Um, how do we do... Oh, he's gone. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
2: Uh, we need you right now. <laughs> Your handwriting <laughs> sucks.
0: <laughs>
1: As he disappears, Professor O'Malley becomes
3: ugly
0: again. Well, I feel like that worked out well for everybody, well, except well, like for him. Exep- except for him, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he continues to laugh mockingly at Professor
0: O'Malley. Deborah kind of like hoists up Celeste over her shoulder in like a fireman carry.
1: Everybody, go ahead and do a wisdom saving throw. Oh, no.
2: Everyone gets, everyone gets plus three on saves. Oh, that's right. Cause that's you're,
0: right. Uh, cause you're, you're here. You're, you're
2: here pa- with us. Paladin. Yay. Ooh,
0: nice.
3: That's a, with the additional plus three, that's a non natural 20.
2: I got a 15.
0: I got a 14.
1: A couple of different things happen. Vivian, you grab Professor O'Malley by the scruff of his neck and you begin heading out alongside Kia, Uh, the two of you begin to head out. Professor O'Malley has stopped crying, and he has a blank look on his face. Deborah, as you hoist Celeste over your shoulder, you feel a peculiar compulsion. Uh Uh-oh. A voice in your head tells you to stab Vivian and Kia. (gasps) All right. (laughs) Do it, Mitchell, do it
0: deborah very slowly pulls out her plus one dagger and kind of like in a trance starts following sneakily starts following her compatriots
1: you sneak behind them and as you sidle up right behind them you raise your knife and prepare to stab Hey everyone, this is Joey, your marginally adequate dungeon master. Thanks for listening to this episode of Adequately Advanced Magic. We should be good to go for the next episode in two or three weeks, so be sure to check that out. Join us next time as Kia, Deborah, and Vivian confront their pasts.